The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership reward points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories each month on up to $150,000 in purchases each year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The MX Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, LeBron's last year, this year, next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be dead. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeartRadio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back. Season three of All the Motherfucking Smoke. Jack, what's up with you? My brother, what's going on out there in L.A., man? Man, I can't call it. You know what I mean? I had to wait for the nanny to get here so Ash wasn't burning the house down before we jumped on this interview with our brother right here. But, man, shout all out is Ash. well. You got to give yeah, Ash know. a shout-out every time. Yeah, Ash is crazy, man. Running the house at two <laughs> years old, but he looks like he's five. Man, we got a, uh, man, a special guest, a great guest Someone who shit on our 2007 dreams to, of going to the finals. Yep. Uh, but someone I've always been a real big fan of, man. Huge game, very underrated to me. Um, just went about his business in a cold way. Welcome to the show, Darren Williams, man. What's up with you? Man, I'm chilling, boys. I appreciate y'all having me on. My uh, boy, man, what's thank good, you dude? For having. Man, I can't complain. What's life been like, man, since you've been retired? I see your beautiful family. I follow you on Instagram all the time. You, super daddy duty, great husband. What's life been like since uh, you stopped dribbling that ball? Well, shit, a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, for you know, first couple years, it was kind of just figuring out what the hell was next. You know, um, I didn't really want to, you know, jump into coaching. I needed a break from that that travel. Uh, that lifestyle. Uh, plus, I had, you know, my kids are a little older, so I wanted to be able to spend time with them. I got a daughter that's, uh, she's off in college now. Got another one that's playing volleyball in high school and doing the club circuit. So I wanted to, you know, be able to spend time with them and see them, you know, grow up. And so kind of, that's that's what, that's what you know, consumes a lot of my time now. I was playing a lot of golf, but kind of <laughs> took a step back from that lately. You finished playing in what year, 16, 15? 17. You and I finished the same year. 
What was that? I mean, it wasn't really like I need to hurry up and do something, but how long did it kind of take you to kind of find your rhythm? Because you got to think we've been pooping our whole entire lives. You know what I mean? So yeah. now you're now yeah. you're mid thirties, your early thirties for you, and now you still yeah. got more than half your life ahead of you. What was that time like? Was it stressful? Was it boring? Was it fun? What was it like for you? Yeah, well, shit, I'm 37 now, actually. Uh, so I'm I'm headed to I'm headed to the 40s with you boys. Yeah, um, we waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, the first the first year, you know, I, it was kind of one of the things where I was like, do I still want to play? Do I do I not? Um, and I kind of just started traveling. So, you know, I was skiing a bunch. So I picked up skiing because uh, it's something I couldn't do when I was when I was uh, was playing, but I always, mm-hmm. something I always wanted to try. You know, I was golfing a lot, kind of just staying busy like that, you know, kids as well. And there's only so much of that stuff you can do where you start, right. you start, fe- you start feeling like you're a bum. You ain't, what, <laughs> what, what's, you know, what, is this what my life is about? You know, like you said, it's, you know, we woke up every day with a purpose, with a passion. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, they try to tell you in all the meetings, all the NBA meetings about how one day you're going to wake up and it's just going to be it's going to be over. Mm-hmm. And right. so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, after about two years of that, I was just like, man, I got to I got to do something. I, I can't just this all this idle time. And, you know, your mind starts wandering, starts, you know, doing crazy things on you. Then I was going through a divorce at the time. So all that, you know, kind of kind of started, you know. Creeping in my mind, it started weighing mm-hmm. on you, and I was like, "Man, I got to find something to do." And um, I'd always, I had done a couple spec homes, you know, some some house building, and all the moving I've done, and living in houses. I, I started to, you know, develop a love for architecture and, and oh. interior design, and so I was like, "Man, I got to." This is what I, it's what I love to do. It's kind of, you know, what I want to do, and so, you know, I've started, you know, starting building some spec homes out here in Dallas. That's dope, uh, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Tell us about yeah. your upbringing. <laughs> um, shoot, I was I was born in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Lived in Williamstown till I was about about four years old, uh, almost five, and then I moved to Texas. My mom um, moved me to Texas. My aunt was out here living, and so you know I didn't spend too much time um, you know living full time in, in West Virginia, uh, but I did go back every summer uh, to stay with my grandparents and, and spend time with them up until like seventh grade. Till you know you reach that age where you're like, oh, I just want to be around my friends. Um, but, but West Virginia was fun. It was different. You know, I was, I was the only, only person of my color in that town, uh, <laughs> town of about, about, th- about 3000. So I used to get a lot of, a lot of looks, a lot of, a lot of little comments that at the time I didn't really understand, right. uh, until I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I definitely enjoyed my time there. Are you just light skinned or are you biracial? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom's white, dad's black. Okay, yeah, same with me, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you was involved with wrestling growing up. How could you describe your younger self and what other sports you was in besides basketball and wrestling? Man, I grew up playing everything. You know, I was just one of them kids where I just wanted to, I just wanted to, whatever, whatever the sport was that season or whatever my friends was doing, I was, I was going to do it and I was, gonna, I was 100% in. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And yeah, wrestling was my wrestling and soccer were actually my first two sports. Mm. And I didn't even really play organized, you know, team basketball till I think fourth grade. Um, so, uh, you know, wrestling actually is my first sport. My mom, I guess my uncle wrestled in high school, college and in, in the army. And so she just I don't know, she randomly just asked me if I wanted to wrestle. And I was like, 
Uh, all right, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I was like, I was four, so I don't, you know, I don't right. remember it. But she tells right. me the story, and she's like, so, I, you know, you went to practice, and you went out there in your first match, and she said, I had to drag you out there because you was crying. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't want to go out. And uh, she had to do that every match the whole season because she was, you know, we didn't have no money, so she was like, I paid for this, I signed you yeah, up, you paid for this. Yeah, you damn play for it, right? You, exactly. And so... Every match, she said, that whole year, I went out, <laughs> cried, cried on the way out, went out there, got whooped, pent real quick, and, and, and left. <laughs> and uh, so the next summer, she comes back, and she's like, she asked me if I wanted to do it again, and she's expecting me to instantly say no. And for some reason, I said yes. And she said, like, halfway through the year, it was the same thing. And she's like, here we go again. And every match, crying. And then I guess something about halfway through, Flipped. I was sick of getting whooped and, and going home crying. So I kind of flipped the switch and and uh, went the other way. Dope, dope. You know, I'm a Texas boy myself. You know what I'm saying? Speak on being from Texas and being from Texas. Who did you model your game after? Sure. I had a you know a lot of guys. I feel like I looked up to. I, I watched a lot of basketball, a lot of college basketball, and so um, a lot of NBA. And, and I kind of just tried to model my game after a lot of people. You know, uh, I was I. Guess I consider myself a student of the game at the time, and um, you know, Jay Kidd was a, was a big influence on me. Gary Payton, a lot of the a lot of the bigger guards, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the bigger guards is, you know, when you're you're kind of the same size as them, and, and that's the trend at the time. That's who you're gonna you know you're gonna watch and, and try to emulate. But man, I was I was a fan of AI. I mean, who wasn't who didn't right. want to who didn't mm-hmm. want to have a crossover like AI? I watched Starberry. I watched Stevie Franchise. Uh, man, I even watch guys like Sam Cassell, um, you know, Baron Davis, um, you know, yeah, y- 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 y'all's used to brother, go y'all's brother. We did, but you know, before that, I was a fan. I mean, I wore I wore five in high school, and him oh. him and J Kid was a big reason. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't have the athleticism uh, BD did, but I was you know I was a little sneaky, a little <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> little. <laughs> Definitely got it all. Definitely got it, got it all. Yeah. So, uh, high school star, uh, you end up choosing Illinois. Uh, was there anyone else you seriously considered uh, before picking there? Yeah, I mean, my 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 situation was a little crazy because I had kind of had like a top um, top four. It was Illinois was kind of number one, but but D Brown had already committed there, and I'm like, why why y'all still recruiting me? And y'all got this little point guard who's ranked ahead of me. I never seen him play, but he was ranked ahead of me. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a two guard. I'm, I'm, I'm a point guard. So I'm like, I don't know. Um, Georgia tech, Tennessee and Maryland were my top four. And so I was set to go on my, uh, my visits. And the day before I was supposed to, or the week I was supposed to go to Illinois, um, nine 11 happened. Mm. And so that set everything back. And I had, I don't know how many, months I had to wait um, before I could take a visit. But in that time when I was waiting, um, the week before I was supposed to go to Tennessee for my visit, uh, C.J. Watson committed to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then the day before I was supposed to go, or the day I was supposed to go to Georgia Tech, um, Jared Jack committed. (laughs) And then... Maryland called me and was like, I had never met, really met Gary Williams except for like at a tournament, like saying hi. And they told me he wasn't even gonna be on my visit. And I was like, well, I ain't gonna go to, I ain't gonna go nowhere where the coach ain't gonna right. be on the visit. I ain't met him. <laughs> right. And and Steve Blake was already there. 
So it was kind of like a, it was a process of elimination, but at the same time, Illinois was kind of my top school anyway, so it worked out. Mm-hmm. So you started with Bill Self there, right? Was that your first year? Yeah, Bill Self, and then he left uh, yeah, then after, Bruce after freshman. Yeah, yeah Bruce so Bruce Weber, Weber came over. in and, and really helped you develop your game. Uh, along alongside playing with D Brown and Luther Hedge, you guys had a good young a good young squad. Because I was finishing up right when you got into college, so I remember you guys. What were some of your biggest takeaways from Coach Weber, and then being able to play with two future pros in uh, D Brown and, and Luther Hedge? Yeah, honestly, I was I was almost I was like I was like pretty damn close to 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 transferring um, after my freshman year after Coach Coach Self left because he was a big reason I went there. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Billy Gillespie and he, Billy Gillespie had had took his first head job, you know, before my freshman year, and then Coach Self left, and then Bruce Weber came in, and I didn't really know much about him, um, and nobody really did at the time. And then Coach Weber, love him to death, you know, still talk to him all the time, but he's a little goofy, and so if you don't, <laughs> you don't really, if you don't know him, it's hard to understand him, you know, hard to see where he's coming from as a coach, as a person. Uh, so it took me a little bit of time, and I was I was pretty damn close to to transferring. But mm. I'm, I'm honestly I'm glad I didn't. You know, uh, I'm very grateful for coach, both coaches, but really Coach Weber because he definitely helped me flourish. And his offense um, was kind of built for me and kind of you know helped me prepare for the NBA. Uh, we we ran a motion with a lot of pick and rolls, um, which at the time I don't think a lot of a lot of college teams were doing. And so mm-hmm. it helped me learn learn spacing. Um, learned the pick and roll game really well, and then learning how to move without the ball, which definitely came in handy when I got when I got to Utah and playing in Jerry Sloan's system. Uh, junior year, you lead your team to the national championship game, uh, but fall short to North Carolina and Raymond Felton. What do you remember about your junior year, um, and then that national championship game? Yeah, I mean it was a crazy year. We we finished that sophomore year. Like I said, we kind of we had a a rough first half of the year. I think just we were all adjusting to, to new system, new coach. Um, but we closed out that last that last um, half of the season pretty strong. Won the Big Ten um, championship, and then you know had a pretty successful run. Lost to Duke in the in the Sweet Sixteen, and so we kind of just built on 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 that momentum. You know, going into the next season and started off, you know, hot about as hot as you can, you know, didn't lose until the last last game of the regular season. And I had always had hopes of playing in the NBA and, and you know, I felt like I was I was good enough, but I was never one of those guys that was, even in high school, I wasn't, you know, highly touted. I wasn't McDonald's. I wasn't, you know, for most of the part, I wasn't even top 50 besides a couple little rankings. And so I didn't, I believed in myself, but I wasn't seeing you know, my name on the draft boards, I wasn't seeing any of that stuff. And, and that season, you know, as we kept winning, um, you could just see my name just kind of slowly showing up. It showed up on second round and would show up on, um, you know, late first round. And then all of a sudden we get to the, you know, we get to the, the Elite Eight and ha- I had that big game against Arizona, having to come back mm-hmm. against them and mm-hmm. um, made it to the Final Four in the championship game. And my name just kept kept climbing. Um and it just honestly happens so fast because that season, you know, I feel like that season blew by. Um, and, and we get to that national championship game and, and fall short to a, I mean, they were a stacked team. So who was who was on that? Who else was on that team? Man, it was that Sean was May and Ray Felton. Yeah, yeah, Sean May, Ray Felton, Rashad McCants, um, mm-hmm. Jawad Williams, Marvin Williams didn't even 
he was the second pick in the draft, and he came off the bench. Mm. Um, they were they were stacked. They had a good squad, and mm-hmm. you know, I still think we could have beat them, but you know, they were the better team that night for sure. But you were one of those rare players, and, and, and it's funny how you kind of just explain the same way. Like you were at your best in the NBA. You know what I mean? Sometimes people are at their best in college, and that's kind of the best of you. But like the best of you was yet to come, which I think is dope because you obviously became a star in the NBA. But go ahead, Jack. You, you declared for the NBA in 2005 after that season. What was that thought process like after that season, after losing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, t- it took... It, you know, it, 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 I had a little bit of thought about maybe coming back um, just because I felt like you know, we, we could still be really good. Um, but it's hard when you're, my mom at the time, she didn't have, she, she had lost her job. Uh, I had a, I had a, a child that I had my freshman year. She was about to be two. Mm. And you, you see that, you know, you're guaranteed top 10. Um, gotta go get that it, money. It was kind of a no brainer for me at the times. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go get that money. And so, you know, if it was like it is now where these kids is getting paid and you, you know, you can get some endorsements, it might've been different. But at the time, you know, my stock was at an all-time high. You know, nobody expected me to be a top-five pick, and so, um, you know, I had to strike while I was hot. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like four times membership reward points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories each month on up to $150,000 in purchases each year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The MX Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code ATS. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like will they score more or less than 30 points? Or have more or less than 8 assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code ATS. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code ATS. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. So the Utah Jazz select you third. Uh, CP3s in that draft, uh, draft class, as you mentioned, Marvin Williams went right before you. Uh, any memorable things happen? Uh, draft nights, crazy stories, anything you haven't told nobody? Not really. Not really. I mean, I had worked out. I didn't work out for Milwaukee. I think that Andrew Bogut was pretty much a locket, number one. Worked out for Atlanta. I thought I had a really good workout, and they needed a point guard at the time because they had, like, three small forward, power forward type players already. You know, I had your, your, y'all's brother Al, mm-hmm. um, Josh Childress. They had uh, Josh Smith, and then they ended up picking up picking up Marvin. But, um, you know, I knew it was either it was either them, Utah, or Charlotte, or New Orleans or Charlotte, because I worked out for all those teams that were, you know, two through five. Um, but nothing, nothing really stood out. You know, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew CP was was more highly regarded than me, and so I figured he would, might go before me. But I knew Utah was kind of um, big on my size and and having a bigger bigger point guard. Mm-hmm. So Salt Lake City, Utah, what is yeah. that like for you? As a, <laughs> what are you nineteen or twenty at this point? I was I had just turned twenty one um, two days before the draft. So what was that like? Culture shock, I'm guessing. <laughs> um. Yeah. It it was different. I mean, but. Uh, I feel like I can live anywhere. I mean, I lived in Champaign, Illinois. It's nothing but cornfields out there, you know. And um, I was, I, I, <laughs> I had, I had, a, I had a, you know, girlfriend at the time who ended up being my wife. Uh, you know, one baby and another one on the way. So mm-hmm. I was kind of, I think it was kind of good for me. You know, that you didn't have that, didn't have that Atlanta nightlife, uh, you know, things like that. It it helps you, uh, you know, stay more focused, you know? And so. I see see you were like stacking, you're allergic to condoms at a young age, huh? (laughs) 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 Yeah. You can say that. You can say that. I I had, I had four before I was 26. You but, had four kids before yeah. you're twenty. Damn, but, Jack, he might be but, fucking with you, Jack. All with the, all with one woman though. And That's then you, key. Hey, you, but the, well, then you definitely, <laughs> hey, you definitely got him beat then, because he got he's not he's, he's not he's not even mamas. my category. Yeah, he's not even my category. He's not even my category. <laughs> <laughs> so what was uh what was your rookie experience like? Who were some of the vets you had on that squad? Um, so I had, I had like my vet vest was, was, uh, Milt Palacio. I, he was probably one that, that helped me the most. My rookie year kind of took me under his wing. Um, and then I had Matt Harperin, Greg Ostertag, and then, you know, Booz and, and AK and Memo were kind of vets, but they were still, you know, they were like fourth year in. Um, mm-hmm. we had a pretty, pretty young team besides, besides, you know, uh, Matt Harper and, and Ostertag. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were ready to rock. What was that system like? And obviously a legendary coach like Jerry Sloan, how hard was it? To, was, it was it a tough transition to kind of fit in or did you kind of fit in seamlessly? No, I, I, I feel like I fit in pretty seamlessly. Um, you know, the, the hardest thing was with Coach Sloan was he, he was one of those coaches that, um, you know, he was super old school, so he wasn't just going to start a rookie. Right. Just because you know, he's picked third, you know, Mm -hmm. 
I remember to start the season, Keith McLeod was a starting point guard. And Milt, um, Milt and me kind of rotated in. Uh, I would play a lot with Milt, one, one, two. But, I mean, the first half of the season, I was pretty much playing second and fourth quarters. That's it, just 24 minutes, second, fourth mm-hmm. quarter. So I would, I would end the game, but I wasn't starting. And it still bothered me because I knew I was, I was the best point guard. I knew I was the best option. Um, but, you know, that's Coach Sloan. He, he wants to make you earn it. And I All went right. through a lot of ups and downs that season, a lot of, a lot of frustrations, um, e- even a point where I, I was kind of – I wasn't playing well. I wasn't playing a lot. It's like one game I'd play, I'd play the whole game. I'd play 48 minutes. And then the next game I'd play eight. And it's just I wouldn't I wouldn't know what and I think it's not I won't say it's him fucking with me but it I mean it kind of was and that's I think that's what he he wanted to see how you would react how you'd yeah, respond that mental you know yeah and um, at the time you don't know this you're twenty you know you're twenty one right. years old you're just like man fuck this you know mm-hmm. there's some bullshit um, but when you look back on it you know what he, you see what he's doing he's he's trying to you know um, see what your character is see how you're gonna respond and. And I had to. I, I, I think it was like all-star break. I wasn't, I, like I said, I didn't know if I was going to play. I didn't know if I was going to play the one. I was going to play the two. And I took all-star break. And I was like, man, you know what? When you come back, you just got to, no matter what you do, you just got to go out there and play hard because that's what he wants. He just wants you to play hard. Practice, it was practice. I was competing like like it was a game. I was going to treat that like it was a game. Shoot around. We had to tape for shoot around. I was going to treat that like a oh, game. Oh, yeah, you had one of those, huh? Tape yeah, shoot arounds? Yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. I had we, that uh, shit with Stan. Got that so, old school shit. Yeah, and so it took like, I guess, I think five games after, uh, after All-Star break where I just was... I was just going hard, and then mm-hmm. he ended up starting me, and I started the rest of the season. We missed the, we missed the playoffs by... One game, we're 41 to 41. I think we missed by one or two games, which I mm. I believe we could have made up if I would have started from the beginning. But, you know, that's, mm. that's yeah. neither here nor there. What was kind of like your, did you have like an awe moment your first year playing anybody that you kind of idolized or look up to? My first game. Who'd first game of the season, J-Kid. Oh, shit. Okay, that's yeah, dope. Yeah, played J-Kid. I had 18. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I was on top of the world after that game. You know, I was like, I held my own in 24 minutes. So, mm. um I think that that definitely helped my confidence. I always knew that I belonged. I think from from the from the get go. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, you kind of in and out, up and down, but you're still able to make a first team All Rookie um, next to Chris Paul, only one to receive uh, Rookie of the Year votes. Was that a? I mean, not he's not really a surprise because you knew you had it in you, but the fact that it was kind of an up and down first half, you were still able to make All Team Rookie. Was that a surprise to you? Um. No, I mean I knew I was first team, but I I don't think I deserved to vote for uh for for rookie of the year. Uh I think CP definitely had that. You know, he he you know was kind of given the keys to the ship right away. Um and and, and played really well. So, uh the, my my lone my lone vote was Ron Boone, which which he you know, he was TV for the Jazz, so shout hey, out I Boone love, for that vote. For, for that vote, but but I don't think I I don't think I deserved it. <laughs> One thing about it, as much as I dislike playing in Utah and being in Utah, Coach Sloan loved me, bro. He tried to actually sign. He tried to get me out there a couple of times. And one thing, I think the reason why he liked me because I was able to thrive in that pop system. And him and Pop are very similar with their coaching tactics. Like, they'll, they'll do a lot of things to you as young players just to see how you're going to react. Gonna react. They already know how you're going to react and what your response is going to be, but they'll still put you through it just to see how you're going to respond. So that's one thing I respected about him because he was a tough-minded coach. As long as you play hard, 
you got his respect. CP, uh, I had a short stint with um, the Clippers, but during that short stint, we played y'all. And when I talk, when I for some reason for yep. me, you know, I've always been a fan of you. Like me and you talked during my career, during your career, talked about playing together, D Will. So, but I know for some reason it seemed like you and CP had a battle to see who could cross each cross each other over the most. <laughs> so the, that game I played for the Clippers, we played in Brooklyn, bro. You and CP, the first quarter, must have crossed each, each, each other over about 10 times a piece in these pick and rolls, bro. What, 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 what was it with you and CP, bro? Was it, was it just the, the, the competitiveness? Of, but it just seemed like y'all was trying to cross each other over the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like I tried to cross everybody over, Stat. You know that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, didn't matter. It, it didn't matter who it was. Both ways. Um, right. But I left. think... I think I think the CP thing was a it was a friendly rivalry because we had known each other since since college, um, and we played each other in college. They were number one at the beginning of that season, uh, or my junior year when when we both left, and uh, we ended up we ended up blowing them out. And we neither one of us really had good games, but I feel like that's kind of where where the rivalry started right there. And then I think going going three and four in the draft, one after each other, and and we were always mm-hmm. linked to each other. You know, throughout the media, you know, they would always bring it up every game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely and and we were, you know, two of the, the up and coming point guards in, in the league. So I, I used to get up for that game for sure. I mean, I get up for all the good point, great point guards, but but definitely, you know, against CP um, because you had to. Or you're going to get embarrassed. Jack, I think yeah. I remember that game, too, where he actually crossed someone over and had the audacity to try to dunk on Blake and uh, Ryan Hollins, and Blake caught that mm-hmm. shit with his armpit. Remember that, D? Mm-hmm. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. But if I would have if I would have made it. Hey, that would have been crazy because you were chest-to-chest with 6'11 and 7'1". <laughs> <laughs> but when I look when I look back, yeah, I should have tried to up and under a scoop or something. Yeah, that shit was funny. Nah, I like that. You went hard, like fuck it. I'm gonna try to dunk this bitch. You was in a Western Conference too. So yeah. what 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 other matchups you look forward to? You know, you had the Lakers, you had the Spurs, you had, you know, the the Mavericks. What other uh matchups you look forward to besides CP? I, I, I always like to play Dallas and I always like to play at home because you know I'm from Dallas. So yeah. um that that was always fun to go go home and play in front of front of my uh, family and friends. Definitely loved playing against San Antonio just because they were always the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and TP brought brought the best out of you and and just that system. You had to be locked in to play against the Spurs, or you're gonna get embarrassed because um, they were just a well oiled machine. Um, definitely like playing against y'all. Um, the Bay, honestly, that was one of the that's one of the craziest arenas to play in when yeah, I yeah. when I was playing. Uh, at Oracle, mm-hmm. uh, y'all's y'all's fans, y'all's fans. They had to come up and put, um, well, they put security by my mom in the playoffs because my mom's crazy too. She be talking, and she don't like <laughs> and she, she don't like nobody talking about about Their me. Baby. So if she, right. yeah, baby. Yeah, 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 we right. know that. Come on, man. So and my mom whistled. She got that loud whistle where you you know blow with your with your with your fingers, mm-hmm. and she was doing that in the game and. So then this other dude starts whistling in her ear, like all close. So she calls up the uh, the ushers and she she's explaining what's happening. And the usher basically ain't care, called another usher down, told her to stop. She needed to stop whistling and then stood behind her and was whistling in her ear. 
That's some bank shit. That's some bank shit. This during the this during the Western semis. Yeah. Um, that this happened, but uh, man, it's, it honestly like I feel like when I was when I was playing, every night was a was a tough matchup at, at, at my position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the Suns, you had Steve Nash. You know, AI had come over to in Denver, and uh, before that, it was Chauncey. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just, I mean, every night was a, was, was a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you helped end a three-year drought, make the playoffs the 2006-2007 season. Uh, what was that first round battle like with, with Houston? Man, it was crazy, honestly. Um, nobody, nobody expected us to win that. They had you know, T-Mac, that, what, they, they had, they had they Mac there, right? And Yao? T-Mac, they had Yao. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ray Frost, Ray for Austin, Bonzi yeah. Wells. Yeah, yeah. No, no, nobody, nobody expected us to win that. But um, you know, we took them to Game Seven and on the road and, and won down in Houston. Um, and so, yeah, that, that definitely. I think, I think that whole season was, you know, I was a was a a big confidence booster for me because that's where I kind of started gaining notoriety around the league and, and in the media. But I think that that playoffs is what kind of gave me my confidence, mm. like that superstar confidence where you feel like you're the best player on the court no matter who you play. And you was definitely playing like it. So second round, sure. we do the unthinkable and uh, <laughs> able to beat Dallas to meet you guys in the second round. Um, you guys beat us 4-2, four, four you guys beat us? 4-2, yeah. But I'm not going to lie, two. I really felt like we got cheated by the refs in game one in game two with all the motherfucking we, nah, home cookie foul calls. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, man, hold up. Nah, I would say we got cheated in game two, but game was one, we missed them free throws. Game one, oh, we yeah, been yeah, beating okay. Game one, we missed free throws. Yeah, game two. Nah, but it was, to me, I mean, and Jack and I still talk about this. I mean, your guys' crowd was crazy, sometimes crossed the line, but at the same time, we loved it because, like you said, the bullshit that you faced at Oracle, like, as players, we thrive in that. Like, we love that yeah. kind of negative energy towards us because it only gets us going more. But your guys' crowd was wild. Them Mormons were out there acting up, boy. That's that's what I hear, man. So I never heard anything racial or anything like that. Oh, yeah, they but, was out there. Um, that's, that's what I hear from everybody. So it's not like it's just one or two players said this. Mm-hmm. I, I, didn't heard it. I didn't heard it from everybody. They're like, man, y'all fans be saying whatever mm-hmm. to us. For real. Um. But yeah, they were they were crazy. I mean, I remember my first. I mean, our crowd was always great throughout the whole mm-hmm. season. Was honestly it was amazing. But that my first um, that first playoff game that I ever played in Utah, when I ran out, I got chills on how loud it was because I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. the whole arena was already filled, and they was ready. You know, it had all the same color shirts on, and just man, you went out there, and it just seemed like the the roof was about to blow yeah. off. You remember the uh, the cardboard cutout of the guy had me under the basket. In the jail, Mr. Whammy. Play? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember that as Mr. Whammy. Yeah. Wait, yeah what's his the, name? Life, the life size. What's they his call name? him Mr. Whammy. Mr. Whammy. He always had the little rubber chicken. Jack, we gotta find him. You gotta find him. Uh, yeah. Mr. I, I talked Whammy. to him not too long ago. I talked to him not too long ago on DM and my DM. That's dope. <laughs> hey, one person who kind of. I mean, obviously, you guys were loaded with yourself, Booze, Okor, a young Millsap, someone who I think kind of got overlooked, but I know you know how important he was. Talk to us about AK-47, because to me, he changed 
the whole dynamic. Jack and BD were both rolling in the first round, and AK was someone who slowed both of them down a little bit. But talk to me about his versatility and how much he meant for your guys' team. Man, listen, if a if AK had a jumper, Ooh, like a, just a consistent jump, I, I think he would have been the best player in the league at the time. Like, mm. honestly. Because there's nobody was that could fill up stats like him. Yep. Right. I mean LeBron. LeBron. But man, he just had he just he was everywhere. Um mm-hmm. defensively and then offensively, he had he had a great feel for the game. He was a great passer, great understanding of where to be. Um and like you said, what he does on defense, I mean he he mm-hmm. he changes the game. You know, yeah. he's he's he he's his help side defense was is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he erased a lot of mistakes that we have because we didn't have the the, the center shot right. blocker you know we had mm-hmm. we had memo and boo so they neither one of them was really shot blockers it was ak that would, would come and help and yep. at the time you know the, the three position was probably one that you could help off the most in, in, in that era mm-hmm. yeah uh but bd did get him that motherfucker was coming from the weak side blocking everything but bd went on that baseline that one time and got him what were you thinking during that dunk oh, i'm so sick of seeing that shit man. <laughs> 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 and, 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 even this year, that was their opening day. They had shirts. They had posters. This shit was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then fast forward, Steph dunks and pulls up his shirt, like recreating it. So then it, yeah. goes, it goes back viral. <laughs> then you got, right. you, got all these, you got all these IGs. You got throwback hoops. You got way back hoops. You got yeah. pastime hoops. Yeah. They show it. And then, and then I feel bad because it's my damn fault. <laughs> I had some ter- terrible defense. Oh, that's uh, funny. But yeah, I mean, if you're a shot blocker, you're you gonna get got. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, but it was bad, man. He smushed his nose when they showed him <clears throat> slow mo. It's, yeah, it's bad. Mm-hmm. That next, mm-hmm. that next, that next year when we played y'all, that first game. That's that's what was. They had posters cut out of that. And his smushed nose with with BD's hand on it. I was like, damn, my fault. I was just, all I could do is say sorry. The reason Go. why it was so crazy, though, because BD had a bad knee. He had a bad back. He wasn't supposed to play that game. Uh-huh. All that, all that, all that that was going on. He said he didn't have it. His back was hurting. His knee was hurting. He wasn't going to play all that. And he come out and do that. <laughs> that, that that's, that's, what, that's what really shocked us because we didn't know. I didn't know he had it in him, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, I I, I did, right. <laughs> but I, right. I, did, I didn't know he didn't tell me all that. We was, I mean, I literally was with him every before every game, and I definitely didn't know he was hurt. But he, you know, he ain't gonna say that to me because I'm a right. possum. Yeah, you gonna yeah. go at him and take advantage of for, it. So you guys were able sure. to advance to the Western Finals, first time since '98 since the Stockton and Malone era. You face a tough uh, San Antonio Spurs team. What was that experience like for you? Man, it's a little bit like yours. I felt like we were cheated. I felt mm. like uh, Dick Bavetta got us in game mm. game game three because um, we were down. We lost both games in, in San Antonio, um, and then had game three and uh, it was a game four, game three, game four. I can't remember. No, I think it was game three because I think we went down three three zero. Which I mean, you can't really do against them. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a it was a good learning experience, you know. And it was one of those where, like I said, the confidence starts to grow. Um, I think for us as a team as well. Um, and, and we got to play against the champs, you know. They ended up winning. They ended up sweeping uh, 
LeBron and, and the Cavs mm -hmm. in, in the finals. And so, you know, we felt like we felt like we belong. We felt like honestly, I think we could have we could have beat Cleveland if we would have we would have got past San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Old dirty Dick Bavetta, huh? Let's talk about your teammates, uh, Boozer and Paul Millsap. They tried building like a Stockton Malone type connection with you and Boozer. You know, yep. um, talk about that team and how they came together and how it was like playing with guys like Millsap and uh, Carlos Boozer. Yeah, man. I mean, um, me and Boozer definitely had a, a connection from from the start um, offensively. Uh, he's just he was so good in the pick and roll. He's a very smart player. Um, you know, obviously he went to Duke, so. Most, most of them dudes know how to play the game, you know, understand where to be on the floor. And, you know, he was a great finisher around the basket, could shoot that little, that little 15, 17 foot pull up. And um, it was a hell of a screener, that's for sure. Big body. So, you know, he made my job easy. Um, and, and then Paul Millsap, man, I watched him, watched him develop from, from a guy drafted 40, I think 47, 48, um, who nobody even really, I didn't know who he was coming out. Um, and just every year, you know, it just he just got better, improved, and man, he's had a hell of a career. If you would have, I mean, he's still playing the game right now right. at a high level, you know, yeah. um, multi-time All Star, um, you know, and and it's it's fun seeing him still still play, and hopefully hopefully be able to get a ring. Mm -hmm. What was your relationship like with Jerry Sloan? Uh, obviously, we're on the outside, so we only hear the media perspective, and we know sometimes the media perspective is off, but it was it was it would seem like a little back and forth uh, between you guys, and there was rumors that midseason he had uh, stepped down because some situation happened with you guys. Uh, clear the air with your and Jared Sloan situation. Obviously, rest in peace to uh, Coach Sloan. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, man. Rest in peace, Coach Sloan. Um, you know, I think... It, our, our relationship was, was definitely strained at the end. I think, um, I think I held on to that rookie year, you know, not starting and not, you know, the way he kind of, um, you know, what I talked about earlier about how, you know, he didn't really play me and would play me, you know, a couple minutes here, then all of a sudden I play. I think I took that personally for a while, you know, when I was younger and kind of held that, um, that grudge. And so I think that, that affected me a little bit. And, um, I was definitely a little shit at times, a little, little prima donna. And so um, I also, I knew how Coach Sloan was, and I think I kind of um, would poke the bear, you know, just to see his <laughs> to see his reactions too. It was kind of like right. a, a little back and forth thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, shit that I definitely wouldn't do now or, you know, knowing what I know now. Um, mm -hmm. But I always respected Coach Sloan. Um, I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, my best years were, we're definitely in Utah. Um, I definitely my my best basketball. I definitely thrived in his system, and and um, you know I, I I got a lot of love and respect for for him as a coach and as a person. Did you guys have any conversations uh, after your career, or just kind of once that situation in Utah kind of fell away? That's kind of what it was. I ended up meeting with him about I think about three, two and a half years ago, maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um. The, the the owner uh, Greg Miller old owner and and um, GM got got me to to go out there and, and meet with Coach Sloan and kind of clear the air and uh, we were able to talk but but I had always wanted to reach out it was like one of those things where like I always knew I needed to reach out and, and apologize and I felt like um, just kind of I don't know if I was scared or just you know just coach, well number one Coach Sloan's intimidating <laughs> even as a Yuck. even as a grown as a grown man it's like you right. know because I was with him when I was so young, it's like you always 
you know, look at him differently. And, um, um, but I was able to talk with him, you know, and, and this is after he was diagnosed, you know, with dementia. And, and so he was, you know, definitely, um, regressing a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, you know, our, our conversations were kind of, they actually got heated a couple of times. Well, he got heated a couple of times. It's like, almost like he was right back, right back mm-hmm. in the moment, you know, right. when I pissed him off, <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and you know, Coach Sloan is, you know, Coach Sloan will fight you. No question. And Coach Sloan will fight you. I seen him, I seen him try to go at, at Jerry Stackhouse before in the game. I'm like, Coach, I don't know if you want to do that right I now. I know that's the one you want to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that ain't the one. But um, nope. yeah, I was I was happy I was able to to, to get a chance um, before he passed to to talk with him and, and apologize for you know being a little shit. Mm. Well, I think it's dope. I mean, obviously, we've all had those moments in our career where, in the moment, it seems like everything. But then, when we got either down the line or after we're done, like, damn, I definitely could have did this different. I definitely could have acted this way different. But to me, it's all about growth and maturity. But the only teacher is that experience. So, in the moment, like you said, you held on to that shit from your rookie year because you knew what it was. But then at the beginning of the interview, you're just like, he was kind of testing my mental. But at the time, yeah. you didn't, you weren't you thinking about it. it. You're like, fuck this dude, man. What the fuck? I should be out here playing. So I think mm-hmm. it's dope for, you know, in any situation, you know, sports, life, relationships, but to be able to kind of go back and kind of find where you could have did better, you know, or, or yeah. what I could have did different to kind of help the situation. I always think that's dope. February 23rd, 2011. You're traded to New Jersey for Devin Harris and Derek Favors. First round picks and some cash. How did you find out about it, and what was your thought process on leaving the place that you grew from a boy to a man in in Utah? Yeah, it was tough, man. That that honestly that shaped a lot of like the the uh, ink the next years for me, just because that's it was right after the the situation that had happened with Coach Sloan, um, and so I was getting killed in the media and 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 all that, and um, I was uh, in the training room in Dallas, uh, in the hotel, taping for shoot around. And we were watching Sports Center because um, we were playing Dallas that night. I was on back home, you know, got like 25, had a whole suite and like 20 other tickets to the game. And um, all of a sudden it pops across the screen because Melo had just been um, traded to the Knicks. And then it was like breaking news, Darren Williams traded to the Nets. And this is the first time I'd even heard my name mentioned in the trade. And so I called my agent, I was like, hey, this just happened. Like, what's going on? He was like, I don't know. <laughs> this is my first time hearing it. So he gets on the phone and then calls me back in like five minutes. He's like, yeah, you're, uh, you got traded. And so, um, it, it was like, Ooh, um, unexpected. I had, uh, my young, my youngest, um, was, um, my, my wife at the time was pregnant with my youngest. Uh, she was like seven months pregnant when, when this happened. So, I ended up having to pick up, go back, get my stuff from from New York, and I mean from uh, Utah, and head head to New York. And uh, it was a little bit of a shock, you know, because I'm going from a team who we made the playoffs in each of the four years, and I was going to a team who, you know, didn't really have a shot at making the playoffs. But you know, um, just kind of took it as a challenge, is um, trying to make them as as good as possible. So you go there, you go to a team that's not really doing anything you sign a big extension your your the next season there if i'm not mistaken right you sign a five-year nearly hundred million dollar deal yeah uh, yeah yeah yep. 2012 yeah uh yep. you guys moved to brooklyn uh 
Jay-Z's in the mix. Um, the win-now mentality starts taking over. What was that transition like going to Brooklyn with this new energy? And like you said, at first, you didn't have no hope, but then there's actually, you know, you feel that you see like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, definitely, they definitely had the win-now mentality um, and were trying to do whatever they could to, you know, to put together a, a championship team. I think, you know, um, that was always his goal from, from the start when he took over the team and kind of had an unlimited budget. And so, you know, you saw him spending money and doing different things. Um, and, you know, it was definitely a, it was a, a different buzz when we moved to Brooklyn, you know, around the team. And, you know, Jay-Z was there, you know, a lot of games and opened up the arena, you know, with seven straight concerts. It was just a lot of energy in the building, you know, something that we, we really didn't see in, in, uh, in New Jersey. And it, it was fun. There was rumors. Was it any truth to uh, Dwight Howard possibly coming and joining you there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought it was a done deal um, several times, you know. Um, but I don't know what, why it didn't work out in the end. Um, but it, it, it would have been, I think it would have been good for us. Man, that would have been scary. That's before. Yeah. That's, that's, so that was, he ended up going to the Lakers shortly after that, yeah. right? Yeah, I think he, he's... Stayed like another year, and then was it the Lakers he went to first or Rockets? Was it the Rockets first? Lakers, it might somewhere. Been, it just, it, it just wasn't. It, was, it wasn't the Nets. <laughs> no, what, it wasn't the Nets. What was it like uh, building chemistry and getting a chance to play with uh, Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, and, and a young Brooke Lopez? Yeah, I mean, man, it, it was great. We had a lot of talent on that team. Um, you know, uh, Joe was the first like two guard that I had ever played with that was like a ball, you know, ball dominant, great score. You know, most of the guys I played with in, in Utah were, were either shooters, complimentary pieces, you know, defenders, um, you know, three and D guys. Um, and so this was my first time playing with, with, with a guy in the backcourt who was, you know, you know, on the same level as me. And, um, you know, it was definitely fun playing with Joe. He made the game easy. Um, uh, Still getting buckets to this day wherever Damn, he's at. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the dude was just so strong, so talented, um, had ice in his veins, you know, loved that 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 uh to take the last shot. And then, you know, it was fun watching Brooke develop too, you know, and, and um, you know, he was young and you know, a lot of a lot of took a lot of stuff from the media for his lack of rebounding, but what he what he didn't do rebounding he made up for in a lot of other things and he mm -hmm. was very talented you know back to the basket guy and shoot if he would have been shooting I knew he could shoot threes back then but he wasn't doing it because it, it wasn't right? it, it wasn't like that it wasn't, wasn't the game the it wasn't that style no, of game yet not, not not like that not like it mm -hmm. is now and uh, same thing with Paul Millsap when I played with him he could shoot him but he never did right. and uh, but I was I was actually happy for Brooke when he got one this year. Yeah, that's dope. So what's your mindset? 2013, you guys pick up KG and Paul Pierce, obviously the, the, the win now mentality. What were your initial thoughts hearing that you're getting, you know, two future Hall of Famers? Man, I was excited, you know, and, and you know, it didn't, it didn't work out. Um, and that's what everybody looks at. But I easily feel like it, it, it could have worked out just the same. Um, we just were hit with injuries. You know, Brooke had ended up breaking his foot and was out most of the season. Um, Paul had got hurt. I started out the season hurt. Injury just kind of hit us. KG was, I mean, KG is one of the toughest dudes I've ever been around, man. I mean, there was days where his, it's like he was dragging his knee, you know, mm. around in practice. Mm. And you'd have to, they'd have to kick him off the court. You know, the trainers had to come out there and like, 
physically remove him off the court because he didn't want to get off the court mm-hmm. and would be and would be mad. Um, and so it's just it's one of those things where we we started out the season terrible. I mean, we, we were like the laughing stock of the league for a while and end up, um, you know, having a, a great second half of the season and then um, end up losing to a Miami team who obviously won, won the championship. But, um, you know, I, I feel like as much flack as we got for not, not being what we should have been, it, it could if, if, if the injuries didn't happen the way they did, mm, right. you know, we, we could have been really really uh I mean that was so that was you at the point Joe at the two Paul at the three KG at the four and Brooke at the five right yeah Oof, man yeah what is I mean you spoke to KG's toughness and and mentality he's a part of the Showtime family now what were some you remember anything in particular you might have learned from even those a little bit later in your career but to me being around him I'm always like a sponge anything you remember that you kind of learned from KG man it's just his I mean honestly his work ethic his work ethic. I've been around a lot of a lot of guys with, with with crazy work ethics, and I put his, you know, up there with him. You know, mm-hmm. and, and even though he was, you know, older at the time, you know, he was older than a lot of the guys who I'm talking about, the, the bronze um, of the world. But his, his work ethic was, you know, he was one of the first in, first last to leave. You know, what you want from a leader. You was waved by the Nets, and they bought you out. What were you thinking after that? I, like it was kind of a mutual thing where I thought it was time for me to go. Um, I just, uh, my, I felt like my time you know, ran its course there. You know, I was dealing with injuries. I wasn't, I wasn't playing up to, to my contract, which was, you know, um, not, it's a hard pill to swallow, but it, but it was true. And I just needed kind of a fresh start. You know, I kind of, at that point I started, I started really not loving the game, you know, mm. um, just because, you know, it wasn't even like everybody thinks. Oh, I, I couldn't handle New York. It wasn't. It's. It wasn't that. It wasn't the media. It was more the pressure that I put on myself. You know, and and um, had a lot going going on in my home life that you know people don't know about or would never know right. about. And um, and so it was just something where I just needed a change of scenery. Um, and ended up going to Dallas, back home, um, and kind of found that love for the game again touch on this because we had a chance to talk to Isaiah Thomas about this and you briefly touched on it but the mental of this game is out of this world I, I you know I coach my kids now and I tell them you know shit everybody could play what's going to set you far to get you get you to that next level is that mental approach so when your mental is still as strong as it's ever been but then injuries start piling up like how tough is that to kind of deal with because like you said it wasn't it wasn't shit about the media everyone says the new york media is tough if you could hoop you could hoop but when you're when, when your mind is as sharp as it's ever been but your body is still not there how tough is that for an elite player like yourself well it's tough man um <clears throat> it, for me it's like uh, like you said, I, like I had these injuries and they just, it just kept happening. It was just like little nagging. us. like, I didn't, I never had the, you know, tear the ACL and have to come back. It was just always like, I had the chronic ankle sprains and my ankles were swelling up the size of softballs at night. I could mm. barely walk up the stairs and then I would go to do a layup and it's like, I, I'm not even getting any lift on my, on my, uh, on my layups. I can't get to spots where I'm normally know used to getting to and it's kind of like you get that self-doubt once that self-doubt creeps in mm-hmm. you know um it's something that i never really had i'd always been able to all right i had a bad game i'm gonna shake it off but these these games you know started piling up and started messing with you and then i remember um i remember when 
I was in New York when D Rose was going through his stuff and he, he, you know, thought about walking away from the game. And I had already had that thought, you know, several times where it's like, man, like my, my mental is so messed up that I was just like, is it even worth it anymore? I'll walk away right now. They can have the money. I don't, I don't care. Um, and so, you know, that, that stuff kind of started setting in. And so when, when we came up with the resolution of the buyout, I, I was kind of, I was, I was excited because, yeah, I gave up some money, but I just needed a, I needed a, a fresh start. I needed a different, different um, perspective. So you land in Dallas. Um, talk to us. You're back home now. You said you find the, you find the love for the game again. Um, what, what was it like being a Maverick? It was great, you know. Um, I, I enjoyed playing playing in Dallas. I enjoyed playing for for Cubes and and playing with Dirk. You know, Dirk is is you know he's a good one. He's a great one, great dude. Mm-hmm. Um, good to play with. Um, you know, all the guys, just a, a, a great group of guys there. And um, you know, I started to fall in love with the game again. But at the same time, I, I still was 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 getting these injuries, these nagging injuries um, that kept me from you know being who I was. February 27, 2017, you signed with the Cavs. Got a chance to play with the Kane, LeBron James. What was, that, what was that experience like? It was great. I mean, I had played with, with LeBron in two Olympics, and so, um, you know, of course I knew him and, and, and knew what he brought to the table. Um, and, and it was great, man. Um, when I talk about work ethics, there, I, besides Kobe being around him in the Olympics, I mean, LeBron has, has the best work ethic that I've ever been around. And then his mind, his basketball mind is, is unbelievable. You know, I consider myself, you know, a pretty smart human when it comes to the game of basketball and seeing things and understanding things, but his, his mind works differently. And I've, I've seen people talk here. I've heard people talk about it, seen people talk about it on TV, but until you were actually, you know, there with him day in and day out, going over game plans, um, seeing him call out all the team's plays, you know, it's just on a, another level, the way he's prepared, how he prepares himself. And um, it's what makes him so good. Not, not only the, the, the physical gifts he has, but, you know, his, his mental approach to the game as well. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like four times membership reward points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories each month on up to $150,000 in purchases each year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The MX Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Have you ever, I'm sure you have, but what it thought of what it would have, would have been like you in your prime getting a chance to play with that team and what kind of fucking trouble you guys would have caused? For, su- for sure. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely did. Um, and it was t- that was a tough situation for me because I, I, came, I came in in February, you know, over halfway mm-hmm. through the season. And, of course, Kyrie's there. Um, and so, you know, my, my minutes were, were very limited and I'm in a role that I had never played before. You know, I, I'm used to having the ball in my hands. I'm used to making things happen. And there I was, you know, I was either running, you know, pick and roll every now and then, or I was, you know, spotting up in the corner. And, um, so he, I didn't have the greatest, you know, impact, uh, especially in the finals. I had a, you know, pretty shitty finals, but, even that, I wish not even being in my prime, just wishing a, I had a whole season to play that role, to to learn how to, to right. flourish in that role, you know, to get confident with just, you know, being able to come in and knock down shots. You know, um, you know, you guys know it. Those, those you know, Matt, you, you, you came off the bench a lot. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to to sit over there for 25 minutes and then come in the game and you got to hit, you know, yeah. a shot when it's thrown to you or yeah. you might not get another you might not get another shot. And that's what it depends on, you know what I mean? So to me, like you said, it was easy for me, you know, starting and then going to the bench, but knowing that, you know, kind of my job was to do that. But you're like, again, you're someone who's had the ball in his hands his whole career making plays and then being able to get your own when you want. So when you're coming into a situation like that with two superstars already, great team, you know what I mean? It's just like, damn. At the end of that season, you guys lose to Golden State. Um, Did you know right then it was time? No, um, I think I was a little discouraged just because of of the role I had. And um, again, I had a lot going on in my personal life that I just felt like um, between my all the injuries, I, got, I felt like I, I felt like I was at the point where I couldn't make it through a season without getting hurt. And mm-hmm. I didn't know mentally if I could take that anymore, you know, just the impact it had on me. Um, and so I feel like me stepping away from the game was more, you know, mental, mentally for me than anything, uh, just because of the place I was at mentally. And um, mm-hmm. I felt like it was it was the best thing to do. Yep, I hear that. Member of the USA 2008 Olympics went unbeaten on the way to winning back to the gold medal after defeating Spain and living up to their redeemed team. What was that experience like? Uh, it was incredible, you know. Um, I think I was only like 24 at the time. So, um, you know, for, for me to be able to be on that team, um, 
with with guys who I grew up watching, like Jason Kidd, and you know, team up with LeBron and Melo and CP and D Wade and and those guys um, was unbelievable. And we had a lot of we had a lot of uh, expectations um, because it was it was you know it had been a while since the you know USA had took gold home, and so there was a lot of pressure on us. But at the same time, we felt like we had the best team, you know, um, hands down, and. Um, put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and, and Coach K did a great job of coaching us. Um, but but that experience is is one is probably my, I mean both gold gold medals were were um, you know uh, meant a lot to me. But but that first one, getting that first one, and, and being the redeem team, I think that meant a lot, and was definitely my best moment as a, as a uh, basketball player. What's the backstory on uh, the viral, viral video that came out? You and Boston meeting hamburgers at the gas station. <laughs> I don't even remember, honestly. Um, I don't know who took the video. Uh, probably D Wade because he always had a camera on him. He stayed with the video video camera the whole the whole trip. And I heard he has a maybe a documentary coming out from that trip. So hopefully oh, that, that comes out. But um, yeah. yeah, it was just a, I guess a little. We were, we stopped at like a gas station um, somewhere to get food. We were on a, a, a little road trip and and got food and all of a sudden that video keeps keeps popping up every keeps right, keeps day. circulating every every couple couple months. Mm-hmm. So you guys ran it back in 2012. Um, obviously the games are fun. You guys, there's a lot of pressure. But what is it like on your downtime? I'm, I'm sure that that that's the time where it's it's fun. It's jokes. It's shit talking. It's it's reminiscing. Any dope stories off the court uh, from those teams, either uh, 08 or 2012. Honestly, like the the, mo- the most fun thing about you know all these trips are the stuff we did you know off the court. Um, off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we had great meals, we had great great car games for a little bit of cash, <laughs> a little bit of cash, <laughs> a little little bourree, little guts. <laughs> um, man, I remember. I remember going through Spain. We were in, in Barcelona before the London Olympics. It was like me, James, Katie, and somebody else. And we were riding Segways just through Barcelona. Just all on the down the, the boardwalk on the beach. You know, just yeah. things like that, man. Just just kicking it off the court. Um, you know, is some of the best moments I have from from both of those experiences. How challenging were those practices when you guys had your inner squads? They were unbelievable. Um, I mean, you got you got fifteen of the the most competitive dudes in the world, or twelve, I guess. We only had twelve people, but twelve twelve of the most competitive dudes in the world, you know, on one court. So, of course, you know, being led by 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 Kobe and LeBron, you know, those practices are going to be intense. You know how mm-hmm. Coach K is. You've you've heard how Coach K is as a coach, and so, man, it's it's and you, the practices were amazing. The, the the shooting games after after practice were competitive. I mean, there there wasn't nothing we didn't compete in when we were right. when we were together. I mean, that's just facts. Mm-hmm. So transitioning to post career, uh, managing multiple businesses. But one thing I thought was dope that you own an MMA gym. I'm a huge MMA fan. Uh, you own a gym. You do some sparring uh, yourself. Obviously, you had an early love with wrestling uh, for your mom. But where did your love for MMA come from? Well, that's kind of it. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I've been a fan of MMA for forever, you know, and I think I, I kind of gravitated towards it because of my wrestling background and, you know, how, how big of, of a part that plays in MMA. And so um, I've always been a fan and I've, I've been training for, 
you know, about eight, eight, nine years. Mm. Um, it was always a, a good, great way to stay in shape. And once I, once I uh, stopped playing basketball, I picked up my training. Um, you know, I was training probably, you know, four or five times a week for a while, but just kept getting hurt. <laughs> same <laughs> as the, same as the basketball court, but I got to, I got to tell myself I'm not, I'm not 23 anymore. Right. Um, but I just, I just love the sport. Um, I love watching it. I love participating in it. And then, you know, we have a bunch of uh, men and women at our gym that are that are fighting in the UFC. And so uh, I enjoy supporting them. That's what's up. Thoughts on kind of the current landscape and how boxing and MMA are kind of colliding now for these, whether you want to call them uh, influencer fights or whatever we want to call them. But, you know, the T. Woodleys and Nate Robinson, the Jake Paul way, the Logan Paul way. What are your thoughts on kind of MMA intersecting with boxing? <laughs> You know, it's interesting, you know, because there's a there's a lot of back and forth going on between, you know, boxers and, and, and mixed martial artists. Um, and, and for the most part, you know, a boxer is going to win a boxing match against an MMA guy. You know, it's just facts. Um, but at the same time, if you put a boxer in, in an MMA uh, cage, they're not they're not going to survive, mm-hmm. you know. And so um I think it's interesting to see where it goes. I think it's just the beginning of it. And now you have, like you said, you have these celebrity, you know, boxing matches and, and things of that nature that are catching on. And, you know, as goofy as you might think they are, as stupid as you might think they are, people tune in, people watch it. I know I, I watch do. it. I do. I, I, I certainly <laughs> watch it. I would love to do one. Y'all, y'all find me opponent. <laughs> oh, shit, you heard know, it here. They're fun, man. I, I think it, 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 is, it all brings notoriety to the sports. You know, and, and and brings attention to it, and brings press, and like 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 you guys know, all all, all press is good press. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us not. Right. So, what's the biggest difference between today's game and when you were in your prime? You feel? I would have loved to play in today's game, like in my prime. Can't touch you, wide open court. Man, I mean, but just. It's the it's the it's the confidence. You know, I've talked about it before. Like, I played for an old school coach. Coach Sloan hated early shots. He mm. he, and, and I could get away with more than than most people. I think on my you know on my team for sure. Where I could come down and if I if I saw an early three, I could take it. But if I miss you know two of them in a row, he wasn't gonna be happy. And now mm-hmm. today, like th- those are all good shots. And these guys just have they have the utmost confidence to do anything out there. And so mm-hmm. when you have that, when you have that confidence that you can take, no matter what shot you shoot, you know, it's a good shot. And that opens up a whole, whole new can of worms. Mm, I hear that. Who are some of the uh, point guards and players, uh, you know, outside of LeBron's that, that, that you uh, enjoy following these, uh, these days? I mean, everybody, I still love watching Steph, Dame, um, I like that, that young kid, John Morant. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be special. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be, you know, really special. Um, Lamelo, I think he's going to be going to be good. Um, but it's, I mean, it's the same as, as when I was in the league. I mean, the point guard position, you go around the league. There's not a, yeah. There's not a point guard where you're you're like, oh, he's maybe one right. or two where you're like, oh, they shouldn't be starting or they're not a starting point guard. For the most part, everybody's nice. a dog. Yeah, everybody's a dog. Anybody out there, you see yourself. To see that you reminds uh, of a young D. Will. Everybody says Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just look alike. <laughs> he ain't big enough. He ain't tall enough. No, he ain't tall I, enough. No, nah, no. big enough, um, tall enough. 
you know, I feel like it's shifted. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is is the the prototypical point guard when I was, you know, that big point guard is kind of it's kind of gone away. You know, it's more about you know being quicker, um, mm-hmm. more athletic. You know, there's not the post up game isn't as 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 prevalent as it was when I was playing, and so it's just a different game. Mm. It's a different game. Yeah. We're gonna put you on the spot right here. Still, we're still uh, obviously haven't even started. Training camp is around the corner if it hasn't started already. Uh, your East and your West picks saying that all teams stay healthy, which probably will uh, happen. But if everyone stays healthy, yeah. who do you got coming out of the East and who you got coming out the West? That's that's a no brainer. That's a no the the Lakers and the and the Nets. Right, and who do you uh, like at it? Like if if it goes down seven it, games, uh, who you got? If they're if they're all healthy. Yep. It's tough. That's tough. That's it's so tough. tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's that the OGs so against, the, against the, 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 the next in lines. I feel like I can't. I could, it's like betting against Brady. You can't bet against Brady, and I can't bet against LeBron. Like, mm. Mm. Very true. E- even though it's tough because you get yeah, a healthy KD. And, mm-hmm. Man, they're loaded. Healthy KD, healthy Kyrie, healthy James. Mm. Offensively, they're better. Offensively, better, but I think mm-hmm. defensively. And I know how I know how LeBron locks in. I'm, yeah, I'm going Lakers because he locks in when, it, when it's in the playoff. Who y'all got? Uh I mean, I'm really I'm right there with you. You mean to me, it's it, obviously health is going to be important. It, it's very hard to go against LeBron, but then again, it's very hard to go against a healthy. Brooklyn Nets team. And if Kyrie is locked in and James is yeah, hitting on man. all cylinders, man, like that's the best offensive trio I think we've ever seen in the history of basketball. Hands down. So And what's and what's the scariest thing about all both these teams now is none of these teams are, co- are coming together mid season. They're getting training camp together. So it's gonna be scary to see how how, how these teams come out mm-hmm. from the jump. If you had to choose one dark horse, a dark horse, who would you have? I'm gonna say the Warriors. Ooh, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad Just at that because, at all. I mean, if Clay's healthy, if 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 Steph is, I mean, you see what he was doing mm-hmm. towards the end of last year. Um, you got it. You can't forget about them. And they're gonna make a make, trade. Watch. They're gonna make a trade too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another, that's another that. thing. I was just. Yeah. I think they'll make a mid-season or trade deadline move too to put them right in position. Who's oh, going, man. Wiggins? Oh, Wiggins, Wiggins, who knows? Wiggins. Who knows? Who knows? It depends on what you get back. I mean, they get the, they got a lot of pieces too, good young pieces, which is going to help them if they really make a move. But going to dope ass interview. We're down to quick hitters, man. First thing that comes to your mind, spit it out. Toughest player matchup in your career? <laughs> or not Jeez. even? I wouldn't even say toughest. Maybe favorite. Is early in my career with Sam Cassell. Ooh, people don't know how cold Sam was, man. Man, they don't. I used to have so many problems with him in the post. Mm-hmm. He was post so crafty. Yep. Even though you were bigger and stronger, he still got that work in the post. And would talk to you the whole time. <laughs> Old school. Young fella, young fella, top five point guards of all time. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Magic? Mm-hmm. Oscar Robertson? Okay. John Stockton. Mm, oh, geez. Dang, this is tough. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to say Steph. Put you on the spot. 
It's all the smoke, baby. There's one. It's like all my... I can't even think right now. I don't like this. Um, <laughs> this is stuff y'all supposed to tell before it's not the show. Nah. It's not J-Kid? Yes, J-Kid. We put J-Kid. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Gotta go J-Kid. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, why can't I Why can't I think right now? It's <laughs> <laughs> gotta be J-Kid. <laughs> Favorite album of all time. No skips. You can listen from front to back. All eyes on me. Ooh. Nice. Classic. You know, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. If you could sit courtside to any game in history, what game would it be? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say the finals game where Ray hit that, that three in the corner. Oh, in Miami. Yeah, in Miami against mm-hmm. the Spurs. Because that's the only thing I can think of right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. You plus four of your current teammates throughout your career, plus a six-man to build a super team? Who would, you, who, would you, who would you pick from your career that you've played with? And these, the these, are, these are prime? Yeah, yeah, they're all in their prime, and you're the point guard. Oh, that, damn. I'm going to say me, um, Joe, KG, mm-hmm. Paul, you're Dirk. One. Dirk. That's five. You're forgetting one. And booze. You left Braun off? Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, Braun's on there. <laughs> 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 I only played with him for like five months. That's why I ain't hey. thinking. I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> no, you feel the guys you like really went in with. I feel that. Yeah, with yeah, like yeah. who I was like playing with. Yeah, yeah. But Braun sense. is definitely there. And then, um, can I get seven? Because I'm going to put Kyrie on there, too. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you, KG, Paul Pierce, Joe, Dirk, LeBron, and Kyrie. Oof. That's a hell of a team. Yeah. That's, a, that's a mob. Hell of a team. Last question. Your answer to this question, just remember, mm-hmm. you have to help us with your answer. Who do you want to see on All the Smoke? Oh. What MMA guys have y'all had on? Ah, none. we only had none. We only had one. Who? Woodley, T. Woodley. Oh, T. Yeah. Woodley? Mm-hmm. Shit, you, Connor would be fun. Connor would <laughs> be dope. Be a, Connor, Connor would be, be awesome. Good. So it's crazy. I don't, I, I don't know if I can help you out with that one. <laughs> no, so it's crazy. Hey, so I've been working with so my motherfucking college roommate who played football at UCLA, shout out Adi Atars, his manager. So I've been on this motherfucker like, man, let's get it. But it, it, it's always kind of around his fights. And then, you know, he's kind of been on a, a, on a, on a downwards. It's just, oh, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's good. But I've been working on Connor for a minute, man. So hopefully we're able to get him. Yeah, but y'all bring it, y'all bring it full circle. So it's like, you know, it's y'all, more y'all, about y'all touch everything. Right. Yeah, you touch right. everything. So it's for like, sure. yeah. For sure. All right, man. Well, D, we appreciate your time. Great catching up with you. I uh, was a big yes, fan sir. of while you played, man, and, and glad you took some time to join us. Best of luck with the fam, business. That's a wrap. All the smoke. Season three, man, we're here. You can catch this on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Appreciate D, you, D. Appreciate Will. you, bro. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 